Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Pretty sure it's the Philip K. Dick story or the other guy, but the idea is that basically, <laughs> welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. You're rationalizing. Well, that's what you do to go through with the shit you start. You rationalize. I can do it, Max. I know I can. I just can't do it without you. This is Recotopia, and uh, this is episode five. I'm Chris Atkinson. And I'm Jeremy Scott. And uh, and today we'll be doing Jackie Brown as our Jackie big Brown. big recommend. Man, that was fun watching again. Uh, yeah, after after a, a hiatus, <laughs> I used to watch it all the time. Uh, How, but, well, we'll get into it when we talk about that movie. Yeah. Um. But uh. But first off, uh, first things first, I'm going to acknowledge the chat again. Hello, you wonderful people. I hope you guys are are healthy and safe and uh and uh you know whatever happy in this in this moment uh hope you all are doing well um but um all right so uh let's get into our uh, small recommends that we have it's so small it's so tiny it's no big deal it's so small and light it's small it's tiny it's petite it's wee I love the I do love the bumper by the way when <laughs> when we do these things that, that oh, yeah. George thing it's <laughs> tiny it's we um, <laughs> um I, I guess I'll go ahead um a movie from this past year a uh, documentary that is an animated documentary called Ooh. Flea uh, I'm gonna recommend here um. This is uh this is a this is a an Afghan refugee who is talking to a filmmaker throughout this uh throughout this movie and he tells us uh exactly what's going on that leads him to uh have to escape his country and all of the the bullshit that you have to go through in order to move from one country to another or to find loved ones or and you know his story I don't know how typical it is. I don't know where you would put it on the like, oh my God, that was harrowing scale. Like 
his is pretty harrowing. Like I would say I would never want to have to go through this in my lifetime. Um, but, um, but it, he and his family had to go through a lot of stuff to get out of Afghanistan. And then they found themselves in Russia and they had to find a way to get out of Russia and pay, uh, they had to pay, um, like people who, what are you, what do you call the people who, uh, traffickers, they had to pay traffickers oh, to get them out. And you can, you can go with cheap traffickers and hope that you get to a certain point, or you can go with really expensive traffickers, which, you know, you're not, you're not going to have very much money. Um, done in such a remarkable way. Like it's, it's, it's animated. It's that's so that's, that's the, uh, I, I, once you watch this, you're like, how, I don't know how you would do this documentary any other way, because it's a guy Mm. talking about his experiences. You don't actually have footage of what's going on here. So you have Mm. to dramatize it in some way. And I think in some way, I think that if they had tried to get an actor or, you know, somebody like that to reenact it or whatever, it would have come off cheap. So the animation of it and everything, I think that's really, I've I've never seen anything like, I haven't seen a documentary like this in a while. I Mm. guess, um, God, what is that one movie, the Iranian film that came out a few, many years ago, and I can't remember the name of it right now, had something similar to that. It was more of a sort of a biography. Um, I'll have to look that up at some point, but, um, anyway uh yeah flea flea is really good i highly recommend it uh Excellent. it is i can't remember which streaming service it is but uh find an app find your real good app and put it on and i think it's like amazon i think amazon has it amazon all right well on my first small recommend um and it truly is small um is the new aziz and sorry uh stand-up special ah, i've Netflix. seen this um it's only 30 minutes mm-hmm. which it's maybe the worst thing about it. Um, I really like Aziz. Chris, you and I went and saw him in Nashville um, yeah. live. Um, and you said you've seen this, right? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, it's very topical. Uh, it's almost all pandemic uh, current event related stuff. Uh, it was recorded in December, I believe. Um, and he just walked into the comedy store and everybody who was there did not know he was coming. Their evening was done. They'd seen a bunch of great comics. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, here's Aziz Ansari. He's going to do a sudden stand-up set. Mm-hmm. My favorite bit is when he does this thing with Ice Cube not wanting the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know, two months before the pandemic, Ice Cube had a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. So this guy, he does like three minutes <laughs> of, he's like, I'm going to drink a bunch of shit. Clean my system out. I'm going to lay face down on a table while I'm passed out. I'm going to let you shove a rubber tube up my ass, but I'm not going to take the vaccine. He goes on and on and on. And then, and then he just suddenly, suddenly says, I don't know if Ice Cube actually had a cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's funny is that is that is that story is relatable because we have heard so many of these things where people will do one thing but they won't do this so it was it it comes off very true and believable even if it's not you know and but the the, you know it's it is great that he he sort of uh, yeah totally totally blindsides you with that i I don't know if that happened or not (laughs) yeah i thought it was a great 
a great rug pull there. Uh, but if you like Aziz, it's 30 minutes, very timely, topical, uh, classic Aziz. I thought it was very funny. I just wanted more. Um, so that's my first, uh, that's on Netflix. Um, if I didn't say that already, uh, that's my first small recommend. Uh, my next recommend is, uh, Asgar for Hardy for Hardy's a, a hero. Um, uh, which is, um, this guy has, uh, has made uh, the the one that I think is uh, most popular here is a separation is the uh, is the one movie okay. that a lot of people have heard of that he's done. He also did a movie that I saw on Mubi called Fireworks Wednesday, which is really good, and it is about a guy who is in a debtor's prison, and uh, he is just he's he's on leave. And he feels like he's got he's got a plan that he can pay off the guy he's indebted to, which is like a brother-in-law. Uh, he can uh, he can pay him off, or at least pay half of it off, um, and get out of the debtor's prison and uh, work off the rest. Um, and so his plan is basically his uh, future wife has either found or stolen i'm get i guess stolen or found i don't remember if they actually say a purse full of coins that are worth uh nearly what half of what he owes back to this Mm. guy and um and uh meanwhile in this two-day leave this guy is making the rounds he he comes back to see his sister and his sister uh finds the bag and says look, you know, I don't know what you're up to, but you know, you want, you don't, don't do anything that is going to, uh, ruin the family name, which is, which, and when you watch this movie becomes a very ironic statement. Um, so he gets a conscience and when he goes to, uh, evaluate the coins, um, they find out that the money is not exactly what he was hoping it would be. Uh, so he was like, he's like, Oh, maybe we can just wait a little bit and maybe the price will go up. And in the meantime, he's like, you know what, you know what, this is wrong. We should actually put this, uh, put this up, you know, put up, put posters around the town and advertise that we found this purse, call this number, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and give it back. So he thinks that what's probably going to happen is no one's going to claim it, and then then he'll have his uh, future wife call and say that she was the one who lost the bag and that uh, that uh, they'll just get it back that way. But it's only a day a day come goes by and the person who lost the bag calls in, um, and uh, just through a variety of of uh, you know plot steps here the 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 good deed becomes a whole key into him getting a job uh paying off that debt uh for real he's going to have a news report on him where they're going to talk about how uh how uh what a great thing he's done is all this is going to get him back into the the proper life but there, there are uh people who start doubting the story and because of the doubts of that story and because there's not any good solid detail on uh on on what's uh, what actually happened that doubt starts to turn turn against him seriously um after a while um i love the characters in this because it's it's one of these where 
the guy obviously wasn't going to do the, the right thing. Then he decides to do the right thing, and it sort of asks you ask the question: How how far can you go uh, to not do the right thing before, and and then turn around to do the right thing? Does it become a problem? And um and the the guy he owes money to is one of these people in movies where you're like, oh, what a dick this guy is. He wants his money back. What a fucker, you know that that. Because, <laughs> and and uh, and he's he but he's 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 sitting there going like. He's like, why? What? Why is this guy being praised for suddenly doing the right thing or whatever? I, I don't, I don't, I don't find purses out in the. You know, I, I haven't been able to find a purse out there and do that and get and get on the news and like get money and all this other stuff. Um, and uh, and he's absolutely right. Like he's a, it, you know, it's one of those villains, quote unquote, in movies who are completely right about what he's saying. Mm. Mm. Um. I, I I love all the, the the moral quandaries that this movie offers, and uh, and uh, it is a resounding recommend here. Awesome uh, for a hero. Um, resounding. Uh, yes, uh, I know we're in our small recommends, and we're only small. Right now, no, we we've always said that the small recommends are not small in stature. They are big, big things come in small recommend mm-hmm. packages. Yes, packages absolutely. Um, uh, our be- beloved producer probably has an image fired up for my second small recommend, mm-hmm. but I am going off book as I am wont oh. to do because I saw a movie last night after I sent my notes, <laughs> and it's called Good Time, and it stars Robert. Pattinson. Oh, I've seen this. And this is a sa- is it safety. safety. I think it's safety. safety. This is a Safety Brothers film. I have still not seen Uncut Gems because everybody said it would make me anxious. Mm, um, yeah, but Good Time is that same good kind time of deal. Made me anxious. Uh, the way it's shot. This film is fucking bonkers mm-hmm. in terms of. If I were to describe the plot to you, you would say there's no way I'm watching that mm-hmm. um, because. It's freaking bonkers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but basically Pattinson and one of the Safdie brothers are playing brothers in the film. Uh, I think it's, I don't know his first name. Is it the Benny? Safdie brother. I think it's Benny. He's playing a, a, a mentally ill character. Mm-hmm. And so Pattinson breaks him out of therapy, takes him with him to rob a freaking bank. Mm-hmm. They get blasted in the face with a dye pack and... Basically, his brother ends up getting caught and getting arrested, and, but he's he's hurt, so he goes to the hospital. And Pattinson breaks him out, and like thirty five minutes later, you find out nope, broke out the wrong guy, just mm-hmm. a guy that had head bandages on that wasn't his brother at all, <laughs> and they become like for like brothers in crime for a while mm-hmm. and break into a, a amusement park, and there's a uncomfortable kiss with a 16 year old girl oh, and yeah. it's just the movie is fucking bonkers but i thought it was really great i don't know how to really justify that <laughs> um i guess by the end you know he makes the right decisions and you you can see an arc there uh i just i haven't seen anything like it and i guess this is what the safty brothers are known for is this style of filmmaking mm-hmm. that just takes you on a ride and it's wild and fast-paced and anxiety-inducing. And I will say, if you can take good time, I would watch Uncut Gems. Although I think Uncut Gems is possibly more anxiety-driven uh, than that movie is. Uh, 
um, just because of how much is at stake during the final 20 minutes of a movie. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's got anxiety all the way through it. I mean, it's just yeah. the way hmm. the characters are written and how they're presented, um, throughout. But, uh, I, hi- I mean, I would highly recommend uncut gems to you if you liked, uh, go- I mean, I, some people may argue good time is a better movie than uncut gems. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. I haven't, haven't read a whole bunch about one or the other, but, um, as far as comparing the two, uh, yeah. but, uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I don't know how most people feel about that movie, but I think you might like it. And especially yeah, considering it's a different kind of Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I'm definitely more inclined to watch it now. Having seen, I was halfway into good time before I Googled it to see who had made it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's my, there's my small recommend number two. And now mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. time for the main event. It's time for the big recommend. All right, it's time to talk about HelloFresh. HelloFresh. You know, you can cook meals at home in a relatively short amount of time that are restaurant quality and healthy for you. And all you have to do is check out HelloFresh. You don't have to eat the same fast food over and over and over again. HelloFresh, I've mentioned this before, has made me a better cook. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It has taught me about certain ingredients, techniques, uh, flavor combinations that were brand new to me that I now recreate regularly in my own cooking. Just glancing at the menu for this upcoming week, meatballs with bulgogi sauce, Ooh. silky Sicilian penne and chicken, oh. one pan pork carnitas tacos. Oh my. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, this stuff is full of variety. HelloFresh actually offers 50 Menu and market items to choose from every single week. And the options include veggie, calorie smart, family friendly, and gourmet. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of variety. You don't just have to get those handful of delicious sounding recipes that I just threw out there that they're going to have coming up this week. Uh, You can choose different plans, uh, whether you're a single person or family, whether you have dietary needs, they've got options for you. And right now, if you go to HelloFresh.com slash Recotopia 16, that's one six. You can get up to 16 free meals. Yes. If you use the code Recotopia16. That is significant. 16 meals. Uh, you know, obviously it depends on the plan you choose, but man, take advantage of that, guys. That's a lot of free food. And uh, we have firsthand experience uh, making this stuff. They send you the portions you need. They send you all the ingredients and they walk you through it step by step. You'll end up keeping these recipe cards like my wife and I do and making these recipes again down the road when you find your favorites. So go yeah. to HelloFresh.com slash Recotopia16. Enter the code Recotopia16 and get up to 16 meals free. Do it today. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about better help. Better help, man. You know, just when you think things can't get much worse than a pandemic, a war breaks out. Mm-hmm. And it's no hyperbole to say that times have been stressful for almost darn near everyone. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps piling on. And even if you don't have a diagnosis of anxiety like I do, you probably could use somebody to talk to. Um, Somebody who is a trained licensed therapist who knows how to talk you through what you're going through and help you come up with tools to react to stressing situations so that you can keep your anxiety, your stress down, uh, at least as much as humanly possible. Uh, I have been doing therapy for a long time. BetterHelp brings that kind of healing 
uh, without you having to leave your own home. Just going to somebody's office and sitting in a strange room can be stressful for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Therapy really works best when you can be open and comfortable and relaxed. And so one of the reasons I love BetterHelp is the options. If if I want to do a session via email, I can. If I want to do a video call, I can. If I want to do a phone call, I can. I can even do text messages. I have my own little dashboard. I can message my therapist. Um, almost always get matched with the therapist near you, but they make it super easy to switch if you're not clicking because they know the therapist-patient relationship needs to click. If you go to betterhelp.com, slash Recotopia and use the code Recotopia, you can get up to 10% off your first month. And that's not nothing. I am telling you that there have been times that therapy has saved my life. And whether you have serious debilitating depression or anxiety, or you just feel like the world is kind of scary right now and you want to talk through some stuff, I really recommend BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Recotopia. Use the code Recotopia. You get up to 10% off your first month, and I believe it can help you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Um, 1997's Jackie Brown, Quentin Tarantino follow-up to Pulp Fiction. Um, this is his third movie at this point, but it feels kind of like what a sophomore uh, movie would be like because... Pulp Fiction was the movie that really, really put Tarantino on the map. So yep. his follow-up was always going to be a letdown for some people uh, when it wasn't Pulp Fiction again. Yeah. And and uh, he, I have, I don't remember how I felt when I first watched this movie. I don't remember that. But I do remember about, I don't know, a year or so afterwards, thinking this mm. is better than pulp fiction i like this better than pulp fiction mm -hmm. um i think it i think it holds up a little bit better i think also i'm trying to think if this might be my favorite tarantino um movies ever because since then he's made a lot of like really like over the top kind of movies um i think inglorious bastards might be uh, in the conversation but all mm. even though it goes like super crazy at, at one point but um uh i don't know i this one has always had the magic for me this one is just uh just fantastic it's based on uh an elmore leonard novel called rum punch which i read after the fact and mm. Uh, I liked Rum Punch. Uh, you know, I'm I'm partial to the movie probably because I saw it first. But they uh, Tarantino changed a couple of things. First off, you know, it's not a white woman at the at the forefront. It's a black woman, and it's not, her name's not Jackie Burke anymore. It's Jackie Brown, which is a play on Foxy Brown. Mm. Even the even the title Jackie, even the the way they do the title is just like how they did Foxy Brown back in the day. Um, 
and uh and pam greer i think tarantino had always wanted to work with pam greer uh mm-hmm. there was there's a there's talk on the the jackie brown dvd about how uh you know he had he he wanted he wanted her in uh, pulp fiction she he wanted her to play rosanna arquette's character i think they'd already hired rosanna arquette but he wanted mm-hmm. to just he just wanted to put her through the audition anyway and basically said, "I'll we'll we'll definitely work together someday at some point." Hmm. And she was like, "Yeah, right, and whatever." But apparently, she went into his office and saw like all these posters, like Coffee and Foxy Brown and all this other oh. stuff was up there. And she's like, "Oh, you really do like me." <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Jackie Brown is one of the is a is a uh, it's a. I don't know. Would you say it's it's not a complex? I guess it's complex in the in the fact that there's a lot of moving parts to the mm. to the uh, to the what Jackie Brown wants to do in this movie. Uh, but um, it, it's a it's it's a slow burn for about an hour and twenty minutes or so, and then mm. once it gets to the uh, to the trial run of the money exchange at the mall, it blows by like just incredibly fast and even though it's two hours and 40 minutes you you know it it it, it goes by like that it really does um yeah i um i agree with you this is my favorite tarantino film and i think this is just my feeling and maybe somebody else feels like this but this is his most grounded movie mm -hmm. um this is the least amount of excess Right, mm-hmm. like you talked about how Inglorious Bastards near the finale just goes off the rails in ways that many people love. Mm-hmm. Um, even Pulp Fiction, uh, the reason Jackie Brown was a letdown for so many people was that Pulp Fiction was so full of excess, mm-hmm. excessive violence, excessive swearing, ex- excessive N word. Um, it's over the top, mm-hmm. and Jackie Brown feels like real people mm-hmm. um, that were not in the same. Even though I know he peppers all of his movies with red apple cigarettes or whatever right. it doesn't feel like i'm in the same universe as his other films and that's why i appreciate this movie more than the rest of his the except when he goes to excessive places i don't always enjoy it and this like you said it's it's, it's a slow burn for about an hour hour and 20 minutes but uh, i think the reason it's not it doesn't feel complicated is the way he shoots it mm-hmm. um the way he lets us understand things without necessarily spoon feeding everything. And then when we get to the actual exchange and he does his Rashomon thing where we get to see basically the same period of time from multiple different perspectives, different characters and what they saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's masterful. And I, I, I wouldn't have blamed him if he, if he dropped the mic and walked off and never made another movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just <laughs> riveting. Yeah. The uh, the the thing about this movie that I think elevates it over so many others is how smart everybody is. Hmm. There's not anybody in this that just does something stupid, or if they do something stupid, it's because of something else. You know that you know it, there's some other reason uh, behind it. Even even like uh, De Niro, who's playing uh, Louis Guerra, Louis Louis Guerra in this. And Bridget Fonda, who's playing Melanie, have their smarts in this. They have their own smarts. Now, they do underestimate, especially Melanie's character, and underestimates everybody that she uh, in, encounters. And, yep. uh, um, uh, but uh, 
I don't, I wouldn't consider her dumb or anything like that's the, I think she's just, you know, she smokes a lot of weed and she underestimates people. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, it's funny the, the way they set up, not funny, but it's great the way they set up Jackie Brown's character because she is a flight attendant on some shitty airline and, and it basically, I think it takes uh, one trip la to cabo and then cabo back it's basically what it does and she gets in and and you know she when she is uh, accosted by michael keaton by the way plays ray nicolette and later plays him in out of sight after this mm. um when you get when she gets accosted by michael keaton and uh, michael bowen and she's like oh okay we know what this is all about and she knows not to say anything that's the big yeah. thing she knows not to say anything don't don't mention anybody's name nothing because that's going to kill her if she does and it, or it's going to make it's going to make time for her worse and she finds out very quickly that Beaumont played by Chris Tucker was about to give them everything before yeah. he was killed and this is another great thing about Samuel Jackson's character Ordell Roby because he realizes that he can't do he knows that Beaumont can't do that time immediately realizes that he needs if you know i'm not an advocate of murder but i'm saying (laughs) i'm saying that if that if i'm in that business and i know what ordell roby knows then his actions are extremely justified here uh when he when he takes beaumont out in this movie um so every she realizes look i'm gonna not gonna say a fucking word and that's the that's perfect and she realizes look i'm in my mid-40s i don't really like this job i don't want to go to jail now i have an opportunity in front of me and she starts thinking about a huge plan that is awesome like it's a ridiculously awesome plan where she's going to take money in and she's going to tell the feds one thing and tell Ordell Roby another thing and meanwhile get to keep what is a half million dollars by the mm. end of it. Mm. And uh, and uh, now I think there are probably some plot holes in, in some of this uh, stuff, but it doesn't matter. It's just the way it comes off is, is fantastic because she thinks about it. She thinks about all the angles. Um, yeah. And uh, that's what I love about this movie is like every decision seems justified in it. I noticed this time through how little regard for human life Ordell has. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is a tool to him. And when that tool becomes dangerous or no longer useful, he doesn't hesitate for a minute Mm -hmm. to kill them. Kill them. He shoots De Niro, his lifelong buddy who just got out of prison, because De Niro was dumb and shot Melanie in the parking lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> and became a liability. Uh, Jackie Brown, he, he had obviously had at some point some, you know, general affection for her. Um, maybe not romantic, but, you know, he'll kill her mm-hmm. the first chance he gets because he himself is all that matters. Everyone else is disposable to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we talked about this on previous podcasts, but I love that bit in the minivan in the Libyan's van or whatever it is. Um, that was the back. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he tells Ordell that he shot Melanie. Mm-hmm. He's like, is she dead? Yeah. He's like, Pre- pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of answer. Is she dead? And he says, I, I think so. <laughs> this is, 
this is some of my i this is dialogue that runs through my head on a daily basis this this uh this stuff in jackie brown um just the way uh samuel jackson uh delivers it and everything he's like oh you asking me to reason you lost every goddamn sin i have in the world and um and uh, he's like this, and he's like the truth is your ass ain't worth a shit no more. And then like Lewis is like, hey, you better back off. And then there's that look that Samuel Jackson puts on his face, like motherfucker, you know, and just and then shoots him. Um, but that he I, this is to me uh, this is one that should have been nominated. Samuel Jackson should have been nominated for this. I looked at the 1997 acting categories both. Now, sometimes you're like, oh, kind of hard to fit in. This would not have been hard to fit in. You could have easily lost three in each category uh, for 1997. Uh, this was the year that Jack Nicholson won for As Good As It Gets, and uh, uh. Uh, the supporting actor was Robin Williams. Now, the winners, you can say, eh, may, may have gotten that right, but then like the nominees, I'm sitting there going, do we even remember Greg Kinnear in As Good As It Gets? I don't think I've, I remembered he was in that movie. And he got nominated for it. Um, I didn't know he got nominated. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. And Jackie Brown, on the whole, just got completely ignored uh, because it wasn't it wasn't Pulp Fiction. I always will come back to that. It wasn't Pulp Fiction Part 2, so they just didn't look at it. And they gave uh, Robert Forster a well-deserved Oscar nomination for this. He is mm-hmm. so good in this movie. And, man, we're, we're going to be all over the place on this movie uh, remember when we talked about, I don't remember if we talked about it in previous podcasts or talked about it on this one, but we were like, the fuck does he not go with Jackie at the end of this movie? Oh yeah. Why does he yeah. not do it? And, and I, I came to the conclusion and I've got even more after this, after this explanation I've come up, with. the explanation I came up with is he's always done the right thing. He's always been a do-gooder. He's always like, you know, he, he doesn't want to change his life in that meaningful of a way. He's always been that way. So like he turns it down. Now what happens is he gets that phone call and I think halfway through it, he's like, man, this is dumb. What am I doing? And, and halfway through that phone call, he tells the person that, you know, he, you know, he's trying to get the bail bond for, can I call you back in 30 minutes thinking that he's going to be able to get back to her before he gets off the phone. But, but before he's even off the phone, she drives off <laughs> and it's a, gr- I'd never really thought about this scene before he walks off and Tarantino puts him completely in a blurry frame. Mm. And it's so sad to mm. watch that scene because he realizes he done fucked up Mm. and uh i just oh it it was it added even more to this movie that i already love that tarantino shot forster that way after that scene where he realizes i just gave up a great like rest of my life right there i mean I don't want to cause too many ripples, but I feel like I could make the argument that he's the main character. Yeah. That, well, especially with the way you've just framed that ending, Mm -hmm. like the movie doesn't, the movie doesn't end with her, with the wind in her hair. She's driving down the highway laughing. It ends with him in a blurry frame. Well, it ends. (laughs) she is, it is on her at the end. 
Oh, okay. It, okay. I mean, it kind of got those out of no, out yeah. Of right order. after that, it shows her singing across 110th Street. Okay. Well, I still think I could argue that he's the main character, but um, <clears throat> my my case is weaker now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I I, 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 I think I'd normally be with you on some of these. I, I this is it's clearly her movie. This is about a this is about a a person who has has had come to that crossroads and has decided you know. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to either, I'm going to take a huge gamble here and either I'm going to go to prison for a really long time, or I'm going to do this, not go to prison and, and just have my same old life, or I'm going to walk off with a half million dollars. I wonder what an odds maker would say her odds were to pull that off. Yeah. Because I would think that was a pretty big swing. Like that was a, she was basically... That was a Hail Mary mm-hmm. at that point, right? She was either facing prison or death. Um, yeah. And so she had to give it one last try. And how often does a Hail Mary work out in football? Right. And, and you know, in, in this movie, like I said, there are some, I think there are some plot holes to the whole. I mean, th- this is why, I mean, you have the scene with uh, Ray Nicolette uh, after the, the high, the, 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 every, the money exchange has gone down and he's, basically trying to get her to say something stupid so that he can because he knows she did something she he knows she pulled something off but he can't prove it um but you know like the i I do find it weird that they didn't surveil her from the moment that she is going into the store Mm. uh I also find it weird that her story where she's running out of the dressing room frantic and that she had to pay the, the, the sales girl and all this, they didn't ask the sales girl what she remembers about all of that. Mm. She doesn't remember, like you would think also that they would have brought up, did, did she have another package with her or did she have anything with, you know, it seems like those questions would be asked does not detract from my enjoyment of the movie but in any way by the way but right. uh on this on this next on this new viewing of it i was sitting there going man these these guys would have been all over that sales girl and and would have been asking her questions left and right about this because they she would have remembered this um yes. uh and uh and you know it, it, it it's it's weird that they don't ask her all that but i just everything about this i just even stuff like Think about how innocent, how innocent this uh, meetup is when Forster comes out of the movie, and he's at the mall and and he's going to look for something to eat, and Ordell just happens to be there at the same time, like walking away, sees him, and then mm. sees him go down to talk to Jackie in the food court. At first, yeah. that's just an it, it's just an innocent run in, but. He knows he's like, what the fuck is this shit? And yeah. and he's right to to think there's something going on there, even though at the time there isn't anything going on there. Um I love those scenes like that. I love the I love the whole interaction too when they're just now getting into the flirty phase and he's like, Oh, I didn't mm. even see you there. And he says, Yeah, you were there ignoring me as always. <laughs> or something like that. And and then they come down and start talking and it's just uh I just oh man. <laughs> we could go on and on, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh it's a good one. Uh, what 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 little thoughts do we have about this film that are not um that 
Robert Forster was the main character. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how about the soundtrack? Tarantino's, I think, always good with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music becomes part of story almost. It well, does. it certainly does in that Forster buys the cassette that he heard her <laughs> the playing. Delphonics, yeah. And, but just all the songs that he chooses are basically perfect. When she's walking with that across 110th street mm-hmm. song playing it's not the title of the song i think it um, is actually oh is it I all think right it is. um I, I think even in the movies that i don't love that he's made tarantino has always been one of the masters at choosing soundtracks and using employing that music mm-hmm. in the best way possible and so I, that's one of the things that I always notice when I watch this movie is how how awesome the music, how perfect mm. the music choices mm-hmm. are. Yeah, that Delphonics thing is great in so many ways. The uh, uh, she plays it on a record at the beginning, and, he, and you know you, you start talking about some some dated type stuff that's in this movie. The, she's like she's like uh, she puts it on a record and goes, "What do you not uh, go to the you never get into CDs?" And it's like he's like, "Nah, I don't really like the new stuff and and I still have my albums." He goes, "Well, you can't get new stuff on records anymore." And like, you know, of course, <laughs> we've gone full circle with the uh, with the uh, vinyl at this point. But she plays that song at the beginning and then then because he's got this, you know, he's he's starting to fall in love with her and everything. He's like, "I'm going to buy this Delphonics and and uh and it just sort of remind me of her." But like I love how he's playing that song going to the mall and he t- cuts yeah. it off and there's this long period of time and then he turns it back on and it's right there at that spot again because uh, yeah. it's on a cassette. Um and uh and then and then later on it's it's still on when when he gets Ordell Roby in the car, and uh, Ordell turns That's to him. Right. And goes, I didn't know you liked the Delphonics, and he's like, "They're pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> he has so many good dry deliveries in this movie. Yeah, I I, I love too Ordell's uh, when he gives the uh, address to Forster at the uh, uh, at the beginning, and you know he says, "I this is a." you know, blah, 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 Compton, California. And he goes, is that a house or an apartment? And he goes, that's a house. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, uh, this is one of the, la- this is the last great year of Robert De Niro. This is his, one of his last great performances. 1997. He was in this, he was in wag the dog. He was in mm. Copland. This was a good mm. year for De Niro. Uh, one of the things that's uh, interesting about his performance, and I was watching some of the uh, uh, extras on the on the Blu-ray, was um, you know he is playing this character like a guy who has not been in the world for four years. He is yeah. interacting with things that he hasn't ever interacted with, like the you know the boop 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 alarm on the car, and the yeah. and, and which another Ordell great. Uh, don't touch my levels though. <laughs> I like him where I like. Um, <laughs> But uh, but there's a but De Niro is not only out of prison for four years. He starts smoking all that weed with Melanie, yeah. and he and there's a point where he's on the phone and he's not he has no affect to his face whatsoever. And uh, and and uh, Ordell's like Lewis, Lewis. He's like, is he there? Is he? Is he? He's like, and and he's and then free, then he spends like another thirty seconds turning that phone around and around and around, trying to hang it up on the receiver. Uh, this is just this is just such this is such this is one of my favorite De Niro performances, and it comes after 
what you would consider peak De Niro. Uh, and because uh, it's just so, I don't know, it's a real, it feels real. He played a lot of psychos before this, and mm. uh, this feels like a real person. So, yeah. uh, well, and he's usually, usually he's the head gangster or the you know, head psycho, but here he's just kind of a, I mean, he's just kind of a doofus at times, mm-hmm. but he's just kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you haven't seen that a lot in his career before or after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I wanted to talk a little bit, just a little bit briefly about the years people were having here. So De Niro uh, was having a great 1997. I think Samuel Jackson was in Eve's Bayou in this year. Um, mm. uh, he was also in 187, which is, you know, it's okay movie. Uh, but, um, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, had had that two or three year hiatus there for a while where he wasn't in anything. Uh, and then he, he started, started showing up on, showing up and stuff like this and then, uh, uh, out of sight and stuff like that. But then he had another sort of, uh, I don't know, hiatus or something afterwards after that. Cause he did that Jack Frost movie. Um, <laughs> but Robert Forster, uh, this was a resurrection in his career, much like Travolta yep. before him. Yep. Uh, he was a guy that, you know, I think that Tarantino said something to the effect that nobody knew he was still around. He was, he was doing these really low budget movies that nobody really, he's a, he was not only, he was not a list B list or even C list at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and then he comes in, he gets nominated for an Oscar here. And then he's suddenly in everything that you watched after this. So, um, yeah, that was a, uh, uh, it was a, uh, it was great for the cast. Although I don't know, Pam Greer, I think did okay after this, but you know, that was, it may have been her last big, uh, she did not get the Travolta type bump after this. Yeah. Um, and Forster did. probably says more about who's writing and directing movies than it, it has sure. anything about to do about her. So, Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. anyway, yeah. Uh, Ooh. let's see. Let's uh double feature? Yeah, let's do the double feature. Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. It's double feature time, everybody. Super secret double feature. This was tough but fun. Okay. Because my very first thought I have already done as a super secret double oh. feature, and that was the movie Fresh, okay. a 1994 uh, movie about chess. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Out of Sight would be the easy one. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to make money with this double feature, I would program Jackie Brown and Out of Sight, not just because uh, Michael Keaton's playing the same character in both, but they're both based on Elmore Leonard novels. Uh, they do feel like they're in the same universe. Um, and... Uh, that would be too easy. Of course, I'm not going to choose that. Mm-hmm. What I see in Jackie Brown is somebody who is caught with danger on more than one side, like in a, a pincer move in battle, mm-hmm. who then outwits, outsmarts, and outlasts, like Survivor, mm-hmm. uh, all the dangers that there are. She's got Ordell to worry about. She's got the cops to worry about. And she pulls it off. So that was my thinking when I was looking for a double feature, is what... What movie gives me that same vibe? And you accidentally stole my thunder because I'm choosing Copland. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, which does have De Niro, De Niro in it. Mm-hmm. So there's a De Niro connection. Yep. Um, another connection is this is a, a unusual role for Stallone, uh, a much more subdued, 
uh he's the guy that's downtrodden and everybody you know makes fun of him basically mm-hmm. so the, the premise here is he's the sheriff of a small town in jersey right across the water from new york and it's populated by new york cops who are corrupt as hell mm-hmm. they don't respect his authority um they do whatever they want and for various reasons including a previous injury to his ear um he's just very meek and gets walked all over by these corrupt new york cops uh and then you've got de niro who's basically investigating corrupt cops in new york uh and this all comes to a boil in this small new jersey town and without spoiling it um similar to jackie brown stallone's character uh evades all the dangers around him uh to end up uh, escaping and quote unquote saving the day mm-hmm. if you will i think the tone is a little less bright mm-hmm. like there's not as much humor in copland as there is in jackie brown but thematically i think they're a, a pretty good match so there you go my double feature is copland i could see copland being a big recommend uh, in a later episode uh, too james mangold like uh, I think he said something to the effect that uh, one part of that movie that didn't become a big part, but he he was it was something that he wanted to explore with Copland is just that the fact that the cops don't live in the uh, don't live in the areas that they police very right. often. And it leads to a lot of misunderstandings, and and uh, and so instead of living in the place that they're, and and you know that gives you a, an incentive to uh, make it as nice as possible when you live in that neighborhood, and you know and you know the people and uh, and and everything. But instead, a lot of these cops live in other neighborhoods, and they don't get the you know don't have that same sense of pride they come into a neighborhood thinking everybody's the other at that Mm. point and uh that i'm sure that's been explored in some other movies but i'd love to see a big movie make a big splash talking about that Mm. very topic yeah uh, and everything and this is you know it's funny james mangold has definitely gotten this huge boost from his recent movies and everything but he came out with a lot of good stuff in the 90s uh yeah it's 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 hard to believe that he's been around this long so yeah he's um, ultimately gonna have a, a career that's just fantastic mm-hmm. uh when people heavy was the first movie i saw yeah. of his may have been his first film that was great mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so yeah he's uh he's one of the directors i'm always interested in seeing what they're doing um let me go ahead and give you guys homework for next week's episode mm-hmm. the big recommend because I can't stop talking about it, is going to be fresh. A 1994 movie about chess that also stars Samuel L. Jackson, who is already leading uh, the actors we've talked about most on Recotopia. Um, Fresh can be found, for those of you who are looking for it, um, on Sling. It can be found on Showtime. It can be found on Amazon Prime. It can be found on Roku Channel. uh, And it's available for rent for as little as two or three ninety nine at YouTube, Apple, Voodoo, so on and so forth. So, if you are are able, seek out Fresh, and next week we will dive into yet another character who is surrounded by danger on all sides and somehow comes up with a plan to get themselves out. Of it. So this episode, you know, this episode right now that we're doing the Jackie Brown one for most people will be the one that comes out on the seventh. Then we'll do. 
Um, we'll do a, a live one on the 8th for our, our Patreon members for Fresh mm-hmm. uh, on the 8th, and that will be the one that comes out on the 14th. And then uh, we will do the Batman. Uh, the Batman. Uh, the Batman will be March 15th. And that will be an interesting one because if we don't like it, we will t- totally be opposite recommending, uh, opposite of recommending uh, yes. things. So it'll be interesting uh, to do a movie that we don't know. Although to be fair, it has been getting great reviews uh, since, uh, since uh, just before its release. So I'm looking forward to it, even though it's going to be it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long one. It is. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom probably somewhere in the middle of it mm-hmm. yeah i don't need to tell people about my bladder habits you what am i doing you know let's get into some questions let's so we do have it. a little bit of time question question i got something to say i want the truth i am listening whose original accent surprised you the most meaning you heard someone doing an american or british accent or other accent and it was perfect but then you later found out they were of another ethnicity or nationality and had just done a great fake well, voice well i'll tell you uh, <laughs> not that that she did a great uh accent or anything but i just got had this even though i had seen shannon elizabeth before i did not remember who who she was she showed up in some movies just before american pie but but american pie was the i feel like was the first time i had ever seen her and not that she's like doing a great russian accent or anything in that I just thought she was not American in that. And, 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 and so, uh, so then to find out later after that movie came out that she's like from Texas and, and everything, I was like, what? I thought she really was like, I don't know. I thought she was, uh, I, I think at 22, I think she, I, when that movie came out, I really thought she was Russian. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, the one that really, uh, surprised me was Amelia Jones because, uh, that was she i didn't think that that was i didn't think she was british she's like i mean every um did i say that wrong yeah uh amelia jones in uh, coda because i thought that she was american and you know like we said before you you brits uh can get that american accent down so well like i don't even hear a trace of british at all in that whole thing and uh and uh it was just weird to see interviews when we did the coat, when we did Coda as our big recommend, I was watching interviews and she's sitting there talking in a British accent. I was like, what? This this is not right. This is not right. That's not you, Amelia. Um, uh, so that really, that really shocked me. So I, uh, I mean the, the all, the all time classic, I think at some point in their life, everybody has had this with Christian Bale. When you, when you first realize Christian Bale is British. I mean, one of the reasons that it took so long, uh, of course, we, I think you and I learned this ages ago, but one of the reasons it took so long for people to learn that is that he would continue doing the American accent all throughout the press tour yeah, for the movie yeah. where his characters were American, which is just a choice, uh, and I respect it. But uh, my answers are twofold, uh, both, uh, I believe, from Great Britain. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, Andrew Garfield in Social Network. Yeah. No idea that dude was not American. Yeah. And Damian Lewis, in Band of Brothers first, but in everything Damian Lewis has done. Mm-hmm. But I watched Band of Brothers, the, I watched the whole thing probably two or three times through before I learned that Damian Lewis was British. Mm-hmm. And, or Irish. I, I don't, again, I don't want to offend. Uh, not, not American. 
and <laughs> from one of those little islands up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those were those were two more recent ones for me that I was I was blown away. Christian Bale for sure, and Damian Lewis. I I had I had not seen him. I I still haven't seen all of Band of Brothers. I am I am shame. I I have <laughs> uh, I have uh, I have I have the uh, the Blu-ray set by the way. If I ever do want to watch it, so I have that, and I have the the other one that came out afterwards. Um, uh, the other world war two hbo yeah the pacific i was like help me out here um yeah i'm sorry <laughs> i was reading this comment uh that says i was surprised to find out tommy Wiseau is a human <laughs> yeah yep, yep, yep. very true very true uh but uh but uh, damian lewis i first saw on the show life which only had one season and i really enjoyed oh, yeah. it uh, yeah. but I didn't have any idea. And yeah, and, and some, and, and some, and, uh, uh, Mets cast also says house MD, Hugh Laurie, which is, it's funny. This is how dumb we Americans are. We didn't realize he had, uh, you know, uh, Fry and Laurie and all this other stuff in in the UK before all this. I was like, this right. is, and, you know, I didn't know that he, that he was a big deal before he was house and, and everything. He's like, now I know, now I know. Uh, He's even, there's a big episode of Friends where they go to London for a wedding and it it's littered with famous British funny people. Mm-hmm. But when I'm watching it, as it airs in the fifth season, I don't know any of those people. I don't know who any of them are, but the show was like, Hey, here's Hugh Laurie. He's famous for doing this thing mm-hmm. over in London town or whatever. But mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. I was ignorant. Yeah. And I'd even right. seen Hugh Laurie before too. I just didn't remember him. He was in sense and sensibility and he plays uh, the husband of somebody. Oh, that's right. And, uh, and there's a point where, where his wife, he's obviously in a, he's obviously in a marriage that he's doesn't care for. He just kind of like tolerates it or whatever. And the, his wife is like, maybe we should do this and that. And he goes, we'll do nothing of the sort. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, here's a fun one. Uh, what movie from before you were born would you most like to go back and experience with an audience seeing it for the first time? Um, I, we both mentioned, uh, by the way, two thousand one. That would have been my first choice. Two thousand one mm. would have been great. I wanted, to, I want to see uh, movies that have a modicum of audience participation, even if they people were quiet during it or whatever. So mm. stuff like West Side Story and The Sound of Music would be mm. interesting to watch with huge crowds uh back in the day um uh, just to see if people are like kind of like getting into this you know to the to the music and uh maybe even singing along who knows mm. um and then i was thinking also a comedy like it's a mad 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 world would have been mm. would have been fun to watch uh even mm. though it's three hours long <laughs> uh, three hour long comedy uh but uh but with all these different huge comedy stars that are in that movie uh at the time uh it would i think i think i think there would have been a uh going into an audience for a movie like that would have been would have been fun and and i still have that projectionist mentality or that movie theater worker mentality about walking in on auditoriums where people are laughing and having a great time those were always the best uh experiences when you worked at movie theater so yeah, yeah. I uh, I went arsenic and old lace, which is mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in my opinion, a riotous comedy that I will laugh all the way through. And for the same reasons you were just saying, I want to be in an audience of that era mm-hmm. in a packed house. Hearing now, I don't currently want to be in a packed house uh, for any reason, uh, but the 
in the spirit of the question, uh, to hear, you know, a sold out audience just dying laughing all throughout this thing, because what, what's great about Arsenic and All Lace is the comedy is not specific to the era. Uh, it, what's funny about that is funny today, even as it was funny back when it was released. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It's funny. <clears throat> my answer. I'm looking at uh, the comments, and I'll, I'll tell you why some of these don't show up in our own answers because we're old as fuck. Um, <laughs> um, one uh, lollipop uh, shoes says Empire Strikes Back. Sorry, we were born before that movie came out. Uh, <laughs> the Godfather. Now that was definitely out before uh, we were born. Uh, that would have been a great one. <laughs> Josh says Caligula. That would be a <laughs> fucking awful experience in a theater uh uh reefer madness is is thrown out there that'd be funny uh, I see alien yeah I see alien we were born born before alien came out uh although to be fair uh we weren't old enough to watch that movie so no it, it could still it's uh still you know same I thing for four. empire yes yeah, if anybody had shown me alien when I, when it came out that they should be put in jail mm -hmm. when I was four years old correct <clears throat> correct uh but uh back to the future is thrown up there and of course i was eight when that came out but uh yeah anyway uh all right uh <coughs> pardon me moving on uh what are some terrible movies that you can see a good movie in okay um transformers uh for me um because every time i Every time a new Transformer, now the first Transformers is is the best Transformers, um, out of the Michael Bay group. Uh, all the rest of them are just hot garbage, um, and the reason why they're hot garbage is because there's just too many, and this is there's just too many things in it. There's too many, uh, there's too many artifacts, ancient <laughs> artifacts. They got to go on quests to find. There's too many of that. There's too many. There's 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 too much just like just in your face dumb humor that's there. And I don't I don't mind dumb humor at all. It's just after two and a half hours, it just starts to get it just starts to grate on my soul. And all these movies are two and a half hours. And every time I would say something about this, a defender would be like, "All it is is robots fighting, and that's all you have to worry about." And I was like, "No, if it was just robots fighting." I would be all over these movies. Give it a make it an hour and forty minutes, and make it just robots fighting. And because they just want Earth, that's all that can't. You don't need to have an artifact. Just make it where they need Earth for some reason, and then have a bunch of robots fight over and over again. I'm totally cool with that. Instead, they had to make some big, huge mythology like it was fucking Lord of the Rings or some shit. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. This is not how you yeah. do this. No, they did put Kevin Dunn in it. That's always a good move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that was a great answer. <laughs> I'm I'm ashamed of my answers. That was a good one. I, I'm going to go with In Time, the Justin Timberlake, um, 2010 movie. I think. Uh, there are some movies that I like the idea of them so much. I just watch them over and over again, and this is one of them. I've probably seen this movie seven or eight times, and uh, it's. It clearly low budget, and I don't mind that. Um, it's just that there are elements of it, like the clocks on their wrists, that I know the CGI probably ate up most of the budget that could have made future cars look cooler. Um, <clears throat> but I love the idea. I'm pretty sure it's the Philip K. Dick story or the other guy. But the idea <laughs> is that basically... <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) The idea is that money has gone away and now time is currency. And when you run out of time, you die. Um, And so you get paid in time and everybody has a digital clock on their wrist. And if you're poor, like Justin Timberlake and his mom, Olivia Wilde, one of the weird things that like once you get to a certain age, you stop aging. So his mom looks the same age as him. It's kind of creepy, Um, but they're poor. They don't, they only have, you know, enough hours to get to tomorrow and then they got to go to work and get more hours. And sometimes they don't eat. Uh, And uh, it basically, it's just him trying to, he ends up with a shit ton of time that a guy gives him before that guy kills himself. And uh, he goes to live the life of luxury and the better time zones. It's just a little goofy the way that concept is implemented where there are different time zones to represent like the richer communities time time zones don't need to play into this at all i don't know why you had to do that but i i really dig it but that's only because i see the potential that's in there the the, the end product does not truly reflect no so this I'm is not- a really really good answer because in time is enjoyable uh in many moments of this movie I especially, I mean, the the poker scene is is pretty tense oh, in, a, yeah. in that movie. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I I I agree. In time is something. Yeah, you round off some of the edges there. That's a really good movie. Um, I also have a, a weird bit of trivia. When he goes to the rich people town, and he's in the hotel, and he goes to eat breakfast, and there's a girl who's his waitress, mm-hmm. right? And she basically, the, the conversation is essentially, I, I can tell that you're new to having a lot of time. You do everything too fast. And he says, not everything. Ah, um, yes. Anyway, the only other time I've ever seen this girl is in The Social Network, mm. also starring Timberlake, mm-hmm. when they come to the house and the guy's throwing the beers and the girl doesn't catch him and it hits the wall. Mm-hmm. That's the same freaking girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think that's interesting. Yeah. That's no that's, it is i just don't know her name i don't either we, we'll, we'll look it up later yeah uh, um anyway by the way uh, by the way uh, someone uh, up high up in the chat now at this point mentioned bumblebee being the best transformers movie i can't argue with that actually uh but, but you it, did say the non-bay you said the michael bay the michael bay ones, wasn't yeah the michael bay it. versions are the ones that are bad that i think can be good meanwhile bumblebee is a movie that is already decent and yeah. I, it could obviously be better but uh, but it, I, I really liked it, especially because it's Haley Steinfeld instead of fucking Mark Wahlberg. And <laughs> uh, she's pretty charming. I don't, I don't need that diving thing. But no, uh, I yeah, I like Bumblebee a great deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, talk about wrong, yeah, that's Chekhov's diving. Basically, is what that was. Chekhov's, Chekhov's diving. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's do uh, one more question. All right. Uh, what actor director would you consider what I would call an all or nothing type of artist in that you will either completely love or completely hate their work with little to no in between? Uh, I think this is going to, would be an answer of a lot of cinephile type people. Lars von Trier is uh, somebody Mm. who would get into that. Uh, and, and I would wager to say even the movies that I like, there are people who just absolutely hate them and have no in between, on them and the movies that I hate people love, you know, it's, it's, it's that type of thing. Um, yeah, he makes, he like the movie dogville, which is three hours of a really spare, 
like uh you know it feels like a play basically and everything dogville i love dogville and i and i and i love nymphomaniac even though it's like just completely just in your face uh ridiculousness but like i'm not a big fan of um uh what was it that i wrote down um uh antichrist i'm not a big fan of that movie at all Uh, right. you know, it, it's maybe just a little bit too much in your face, but I, I think overall I like Lars von Trier movies, but there's the ones that I don't like are the ones that are just like, yep, you got that visceral hate that you wanted out of me, Lars von Trier, uh, <laughs> because that's the way it's kind of filmmaker he is. He's, I think he, he thrives on hate as much as he thrives on people loving his movies. So, <clears throat> um, I, I'm going to go with Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Winding good Refn. one. Good one. Um, most of you, if you have heard of his movies, you've heard of Drive with Ryan Gosling, which in and of itself seems to be a very divisive movie. Mm-hmm. I personally love it, uh, but I have met many a film fan that don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also made Only God Forgives, um, which I enjoyed more than most. Uh, he made Neon Demon. Yeah, which his is movies, a really weird movie. Yeah, his movies are not what I would call approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I do tend to like the ones that I've seen. Uh, so I think that that sort of counts, mm. sort of answers the question. I've uh, there are there's some uh, nominations for Quentin Tarantino. I can totally see that. Uh, Wes Anderson is also being thrown out there. I can see for that sure. too. I think directors who have this one distinct thing about them, are going to be like that a lot of times. Sometimes that's going to work for you. Sometimes it's not. Uh, Eli Roth is brought up. Rob Zombie, which man, yeah, I I don't think I've ever liked a Rob Zombie movie. So, um, I, all hate. Although, I know people who love The Devil's Rejects for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then like Terrence Malick is thrown up. Terrence Malick's another good one because Terrence Malick yeah. is so slow and methodical and everything that he does, and especially post the Thin Red Line after he had that twenty year hiatus where he didn't do anything. He came yeah. out with a lot of movies that were like, whoa, I don't know what the fuck that is. Tree of Life, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so um, anyway. Well, I think that's going to do it for the show. I want to say thank you to the guests in the chat mm-hmm. uh, here for the live recording. Um, again, uh, every episode you guys have added to the discussion uh, and we, we know your time is uh, valuable and we appreciate you spending some of it with us and uh for being patreon peeps and supporting us and just hope that you guys are also enjoying this experience and will continue to build a recotopia community yes absolutely thank you so much guys um but uh yeah that'll be it for our uh, episode five uh next week is fresh the 1994 movie uh starring sam jackson so watch that one for your homework and uh we'll see you later see ya Bye. Be a part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com.